Welcome to the One for the Money podcast. I'm your host, Johnny West. I'm a certified financial planner, and here I will teach you the tips, tricks, and strategies I use to help others retire early. This is the easy button when it comes to early retirement. Everything you want or need to know is right here. I'm so glad you join us on the show. Welcome to episode 20 of the One for the Money podcast. I am very grateful you have taken the time to listen. The biggest fear in retirement is running out of money. And in today's episode, I'll share how easily, even for the best savers, that can happen if you don't make the right adjustments in the first few years before and after retirement. In the tips, tricks, and strategies portion, I will share a tip for those who started saving later for an early retirement by answering the question, is it better to try and double your rate of return or try and double the amount that you are saving for your retirement? Thank you for listening. Now on with the show. I am currently in Canada with my family recording this episode. We came here to visit my family for the first time in three years because of COVID. It's been a fantastic reunion. I'm currently in Jasper National Park, and the mountains and lakes here are absolutely astounding. I'll include a few photos in the blog of some of the places we have seen because they have to be seen to be believed. I don't Instagram or Facebook, just not my thing, so I'll just use the blog to share those photos. One of my favorite things to do in Canada, besides visiting with you, Mom, in case you're listening, is to scramble to the peaks of mountains in the Canadian Rockies. In fact, mountain climbing is fascinating to lots of people, and in the late 90s, I and many others were absorbed by John Krakauer's book, Into Thin Air, that detailed the commercialization of climbing Mount Everest and the lives that were sadly lost in the process. What was really fascinating was how many of these wealthy individuals had successfully made it to the summit only to perish or suffer significant and permanent harm, see Beckweathers, on their way down. But the facts tell us that this shouldn't be surprising. A study conducted by Austrian researchers found that while the most common accident in mountain climbing is falling, no real surprise there, but what was surprising was that three quarters of these occurred on the way down. Most put so much physical and mental energy into making it to the peak, they don't take the necessary precautions on the way down. This is such a fitting analogy for retirement. Think of your approaching retirement as summiting your financial Mount Everest. Taking withdrawals from your investments in retirement is like climbing down, which requires even more precautions because the mistakes can be costly. And unlike when you are younger and still working, you don't have the time or salary to overcome them. One of the retirees, and especially early retirees' biggest fears and risks is running out of money during their retirement. This can happen much easier than you might imagine. In finance, we have a term called sequence of returns risk, which describes how negative returns in the first few years prior to and just after retirement can have a huge impact on whether or not you run out of money. While running out of money is one of the, if not biggest risks in retirement, another significant risk is inflation, and you need to deploy strategies that address both of these risks. I'll provide a link to a great article that demonstrates the sequence of returns risk. 
This piece outlines two different hypothetical scenarios, and each of these compares the returns of three investors. The first hypothetical scenario demonstrates when investors do not take withdrawals, and the second shows the impact when they do, which highlights why the sequence of returns, again, negative returns in the first few years of retirement, can cause you to run out of money in retirement. In the first scenario, Each fortunate investor starts with a million dollars at age 40, and over the course of 25 years, they make zero withdrawals. The first hypothetical investor achieves returns of 22% in their first year, 15% in their second, 12% in their third, and negative four and negative seven percent in years four and five. This provides an average annual return of 7% a year. Now, this five-year return pattern, 22, 15, 12, negative four, negative seven, is repeated four times. Again, this is just a hypothetical return scenario. The second hypothetical investor achieves returns that are the exact same as the first, but in the opposite order. In their first year, they achieve a return of negative 7%. In the second year, it's negative four. In the third, it's 12%. And years four and five, it was 15% and 22% respectively. Again, giving the investor an average annual return of 7% per year. And again, this exact five-year pattern is repeated four more times to have a full 25 years of investment scenario. The third hypothetical investor achieves a return of 7% each year for 25 consecutive years. Again, so they had an average annual return of 7% per year. At 65 or 25 years later, which investor has the most money? As you might have guessed, because all three investors have each averaged a 7% rate of return, and just as importantly, there were no withdrawals made, They all started with $1 million and all ended up with the exact same amount of money, which is remarkable $5.43 million, a demonstration of the power of compound interest as well. Now, the whole reason why I share this initial scenario is to show the difference when distributions are made each year. The distribution is impacted greatly by the rate of return in the first years of retirement. This is the definition of the sequence of returns risk. In this second scenario, each hypothetical investor also starts with a million dollars, but at this time at age 65, and each year they withdraw $60,000 per year for the next 25 years. In this scenario, all three investors enjoy the same returns as in the first scenarios. So the first hypothetical investor in year one earns returns of 22%. In year two, it's 15%. Years three, four, and five, it's respectively 12, negative four, and negative seven. And again, this pattern was repeated four more times. So the individual, again, has an average annual return of 7% a year for 25 years. The second hypothetical investor's again, is just like the first investor, but in the opposite order. Negative 7% in the first year, negative 4% in the second year, and 12, 15, and 22% in years three, four, and five. Again, the same pattern is repeated four more times, again, giving this investor a 7% average annual rate of return each year. And the third hypothetical investor's earns 7% per year for 25 consecutive years 
all while making the same $60,000 per year withdrawal. Again, same exact scenario as the first one. So just what happens with the impact of withdrawals on each investor's portfolio? Well, the answer will likely surprise you. For the first investor who started with a million dollars, they still have over a million dollars in their account, despite withdrawing a total of $1.5 million in those 25 years. But the second investor who earns the exact same average rate of return actually runs out of money after 23 years and only is able to withdraw just over $1.38 million in total. Think about that. Same average return, but the total distributed is $1.38 million and a depleted account. But in our first scenario, the investor distributed $1.5 million and still has over a million dollars in their account. And yet they had the same average rate of return of 7%. What about the investor that earns 7% per year for 25 straight years? Well, this investor didn't run out of money and was able to distribute $1.5 million and has a balance remaining of just over $430,000 in their account. Just how do these three investors with the same average annual rate of return have such different results? Well, let's look at investor one. Their investments gained 22% that first year. Consequently, their account balance grew from $1 million to $1.22 million, from which they distributed $60,000. The next year, their investments went up another 15%. So that year's $60,000 distribution also came out of these gains. The following years, they earned 12% again. Their distributions again came out of the gains. And despite having two consecutive years that were negative in years four and five, all of their distributions continued to come out of the gains that they had built up in those first few years of retirement. And so the original $1 million was never touched for the entire 25 years, despite the fact that they withdrew over $1.5 million. Now contrast that to the second investor who averaged the same annual rate of return, but ran out of money. Remember, their returns were the same as investor one, just in the opposite order. In the first year, they lost 7%. So their million-dollar portfolio decreased $70,000 to $930,000. Once you subtract their annual withdrawal of $60,000, their investments starting year two were down to $870,000. The next year, their investments were down another 4% bringing their balance to $835,000. This, coupled with their $60,000 annual withdrawal, took their account down to $775,000 to start year three. But starting year three, they had three consecutive years of really solid returns, 12%, 15%, and 12% respectively. And yet, they still ran out of money. Even a single year immediately pre- and post-retirement can greatly impact decades of spending. This example demonstrates that the rate of return in the first few years of retirement has an enormous impact on whether your money lasts throughout retirement. Just as importantly, the rate of the returns in the years just prior to retirement are just as critical as well. Ask those who plan to retire in 2010 when the market cratered in 2009, or as I shared in episode 18 regarding the study by Fidelity that found that close to one-third of investors 
over the age of 65 sold all of their stocks during the coronavirus meltdown. Unfortunately, because they sold, their investments missed out on the significant rallies to the upside. Here's a great quote from a recent Wall Street Journal article. People tend to sell after an economic downturn is already priced into equity markets. By selling at that time, investors locked in their losses. So what should you do so you can retire on time and not run out of money during retirement? Clearly, we cannot predict future rates of returns. We don't know if the stock market will be up 15% or down 10% during the first years prior to or during your retirement. Some might think you should become very conservative in your investments, that that would be one strategy. However, using this same example, if you started with a million dollars at age 65 and earned an average rate of return of just 3%, yet still withdrew $60,000 per year, you would run out of money after 23 years. This is why inflation is the second biggest risk in retirement. You need to have your money grow. So what should you do? Well, introducing the bucket strategy. For my clients that are nearing retirement or in retirement, I employ a bucket strategy. Essentially, monies that will be withdrawn in the near term, the next one to five years, are invested more conservatively, some in cash and some in bond or bond-like investments. Monies that will be withdrawn in the next six to 15 years of retirement are invested more moderately, usually a mix of stocks and bonds. Finally, monies that will be withdrawn in the next 16 plus years of retirement are invested more towards growth or a higher percent allocated to stocks. The ultimate determining factor for each bucket are the actions of the market, that's where I make my adjustments, and the individual client spending goals and tolerance for risk. Now, the logic behind the strategy is that money spent in the near term shouldn't be impacted by large swings in the market. And monies that are spent farther in the future are invested to have potential for increased growth to provide future income and offset the effects of inflation. I've found that clients are far less troubled by fluctuations in the market when they know the monies they will be withdrawing in the near term aren't affected. It's the easiest call I make to clients when markets are down, when I let them know that their next 18 to 24 months of distributions are in cash and won't be impacted by market downturns. Now, the bucket strategy is just one strategy to reduce the risk of running out of money in retirement via sequence of returns risk. The bucket strategy works well for those that completely stop working. Other strategies include retiring slowly by reducing work hours before fully leaving the workforce or taking on a part-time job. This can make you less reliant on income generated from an investment portfolio, as well as smooth the transition from a full-time job to a life without work responsibilities. Another strategy is to have a flexible budget or dynamic spending that allows smaller withdrawals in down years. A final strategy is to delay Social Security in order to increase your monthly benefit for the remainder of your life, thereby further reducing your reliance on income generated from your portfolio. The point with these approaches is to match your assets, liabilities, and time horizons the best you can because you just can't hide out in a checking account for 25 years and hope for the best. Now, there are a lot of strategies to consider to prevent you from running out of money during your retirement. 
To continue the Everest and mountain climbing theme, a certified financial planner can be like a Sherpa that guides people through the storms and beautiful weather up and down their retirement mountain. Adjustments will need to be made as you make your way up and down the retirement mountain. There will be life changes, tax code changes, market events, etc. And it might be important to have a guide that understands the changes that are necessary to optimize your unique situation. As the New York Times financial sketch artist Carl Richards explains it, real financial planners are not defenders of outdated maps, or put another way, financial plans, but rather they are guides in a changing landscape. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you found this helpful. Now on to the tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast. Welcome to today's tips, tricks, and strategies portion of the podcast, where I will share a tip for those that started saving late for an early retirement. This information comes courtesy of the blog from one Ben Carson, who provides an unbelievable amount of information in his appropriately named blog, A Wealth of Common Sense. It's one of the few investment blogs I read regularly. I'll include a link in the show notes to his blog. The tip that Ben provides for late savers for an early retirement is regarding how best to save and invest. Should one's focus be on doubling your savings or attempting to double your rate of return by taking more risk with your investments? The example Ben provides is for a couple that are both 50 years old with little in the way of retirement savings. The husband wants to take more risk to make up for their shortfall while the wife would rather increase their savings rate to make up for lost ground. The assumptions are that they make $100,000 a year and that it'll grow 2% per year with the cost of living. Clearly hypothetical given what inflation is in today's environment. But this is the example that Ben Carson provides. There are three different scenarios. The first scenario is there's a savings rate of 10%. The investment return is 6%. The second scenario is a savings rate of 20% and the same investment return of 6%. The third scenario is a savings rate of 10%, but an investment return of double, so 12%. So which does better? Well, after 10, 15, and 20 years, the person saving 20% of their income versus 10% and earning just an investment return of 6% outperforms everyone, including the person that saved 10% but earned a 12% rate of return each year. Now, surprisingly, doubling up your savings rate would lead to better outcomes than doubling up your investment returns over that 10, 15, and 20-year period, which is great because doubling your savings is within one's control, relatively speaking, but doubling one's return is definitely not. The chances of doubling the market return each and every year is something that no one has really accomplished. Well, again, I hope you found this helpful. Thank you for listening and please feel free to reach out with any questions. Thank you for listening. And until next time, remember that no one builds wealth by accident. If you want to learn more about how to build wealth to retire early, head on over to my website at betterplanningbetterlife.com. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a decision. 
There is no assurance that the techniques and strategies discussed are suitable for all investors or will yield positive outcomes. The purchase of certain securities may be required to affect some of the strategies. Investing involves risks, including possible loss of principal. Economic forecasts set forth may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee that strategies promoted will be successful. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. All indices are unmanaged and may not be invested into directly. Individual tax and legal matters should be discussed with your tax or legal professional. Johnny West is a registered representative with and securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA, SIPC.